to The Straight and Marrow, a show that discusses all things allogeneic bone marrow transplant, from pre-transplant considerations to survivorship, using experiences of healthcare providers, patients and carers with current evidence to keep it straight. We are Yvonne, Ming and Alex, nurse consultants and nurse practitioners who are here to keep discussions on The Straight and Marrow. Today, we have Aaron Hill joining us. Aaron is an apheresis clinical nurse specialist at Peter McCallum Cancer Centre with a 20-year background in haematology, bone marrow transplant and apheresis, having joined the service back in 2000. From an apheresis perspective, he has worked in ambulatory care since 2005, collecting both autologous and allogeneic cellular products. So, it's probably one of the greatest gifts that people can give when somebody's in dire need and trouble. Uh, For us, if somebody wants to get involved, really the best thing you can do is go and donate blood. That's probably the first step to actually helping somebody is Mm. go and donate blood. The guys at Red Cross are amazing. They will make sure that you know what you're going to be doing. Mm. Uh, make sure you can tolerate procedures that are more advanced as far as donations are concerned. But the first thing and the, and the most valuable thing is to be giving blood. If you're giving blood, that's the start. Uh, that's probably if, if people really are keen or they need to you know, feel that they're doing something for somebody they love or, or somebody to just in the public, give blood. I feel like the Red Cross could have promoted you for that. That's a good they, sell, they, hard sell. They, they, they could. No, it's, a, it's for an apheresis mm. unit, the, the Red Cross is, you know, a huge support for us. Uh, we're very reliant on their products, uh, as is every hospital. Mm. But Particularly cancer services. 100%. 100%. And, you know, trauma services uh, here in Melbourne, you know, Alfred, uh, the Royal Melbourne, you know, Austin. Yep. You know, big consumers of blood products. And just to be giving blood to start with, you know, you're always going to need to, to give. Everyone yeah. We're 3% of the population giving blood. And well, I, I went to donate blood recently and knowing about bone marrow transplants as I do, mm-hmm. I said, oh, can I please sign up to the bone marrow donor registry? But they didn't actually ask me until I'd quit requested to be signed up yes. for it. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you, we do need to get our message out a little bit you know, like this. Mm. We need to make sure people know where we are and how, how they can help other people. So it's just a blood test. When you're there giving blood, they'll, they'll double check for you and make sure that you're compatible for somebody. We can get you on the register. And if you end up being somebody that can help, great. If not, you're still giving blood and helping somebody else. Mm. A question I get a lot is, can I donate my bone marrow while I'm still alive? And, <laughs> and the answer is yes. Yes, you yeah, can. definitely. Yeah, because I think people think of it in terms of organ donation, but it's a procedure that you can give and and continue to live and potentially see the benefits of if it's a loved one? Stem cell donation, bone marrow donation, hemoprogenitor cell donations, that they're all the same thing. Mm. Uh, it's just the way we phrase it. But, yes, giving the bone marrow, uh, we can extract that in many different ways. The, the three primary that we talk about is we, we can get those cells from cord blood, so placental cord. Mm. We can get it from your bone marrow 
during a, a surgery, uh, but the most common and the easiest and the, the one that we prefer is to do it via apheresis. Mm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Because I think people think that it's a surgical procedure. Yes. Like they're under general anaesthetic. So if you want to take marrow, uh, you can do surgery and some places may want that, but the easiest is to donate peripheral. So as I said, if you go to the Red Cross and you donate blood, the same size needle is what we can use to extract the bone marrow cells from you. So the way that we collect... Just from a vein in the arm. Just from a vein in the arm. And the way that we collect cells these days is we use a special hormone and it's an injection that we have. It's called GCSF. The brand name is Nivestum and Fulgrastum, but it's a granulite colony stimulating factor. And what that does is it boosts up your immune system or the easiest way to think about it. Mm. And the way it works, we want to use the injection for the way it works, not what it does. So the injections were originally designed. It's a long answer. but No, no that's were, good. This is interesting. They were originally designed to help people from chemotherapy. So if you were having chemotherapy or your immune system was struggling, you could have one of these injections, these boosters, and they would stimulate your immune system. Stem cells, these progenitor cells, bone marrow cells, that's where they come from they make the immune system. Mm. So instead of using the injection for what it does, we're going to give those boosters to people and they're going to make excess cells and then they will go out of the bone marrow where they normally live into the bloodstream. And now, because they're in the peripheral bloodstream, we can extract those cells without you having to go in and have a, a procedure extracting the bone marrow in, in the bones. We can mm. take it from your arms just like a blood donation. It's much, much, much more comfortable, obviously, mm. and we, we prefer it all over the world. There are units that prefer to do it this way because it is the safest way, it's the quickest way. The cells that we get are primed and ready to go, so they engraft very well for the person who needs the help. They're a really good way to donate quick, efficient, safe. How long does it take when you say quick? Let's pretend that we were donating cells. I was doing it right mm -hmm. now. On Thursday night, I would have a packet of these injections. That's the hormone booster. I would take an injection on Thursday night and I would have it every evening. You're going to have four days worth of these injections. So on Monday morning, I'm going to turn up to the hospital where I'm donating and you will be able to extract an adequate amount of cells from me for somebody that's in help you know, and needs mm -hmm. help. Wow. And so you say we can take it from the veins through this needle mm -hmm. and then, correct me if I'm wrong, then we go and spin it through a centrifugal machine, an apheresis machine. Mm -hmm. How does that work? It's really speeding up gravity, apheresis machine. So Ooh, that it, sounds it, cool. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I, I certainly love it. What we want to do is we just want to speed up the efficiency of our collection. So you can take blood, but you've got to take blood and then you only get a little bit. But if we can take it speed up gravity so you increase the time mm. and then we can extract just what we need, just that little component and then get everything else back to the patient, which is the donor in this case, mm. and you're only taking a small amount of blood, everything goes back to them. So it's like donating plasma. Mm. Uh, so people who are donating plasma at the Red Cross, we use a similar machine, but instead of taking your plasma, we're just going to take your immune system. Mm. So... Does that mean that the donor doesn't have an immune system left? 
No, so the the boosters that we're, I was talking about, the GCSF, mm-hmm. that makes excess. So Great. because yep. everything's come out of the marrow, that's the excess that we're going to then take. So we're taking the cream off the top, giving it to somebody in need, and everybody wins. Is it painful? No, no, not at all. So Just a little prick of a needle. The the needles are the same size as the Red Cross ones, mm. so they're they're generally a fifteen or a sixteen gauge needle, and at that point in time, at the Red Cross, sometimes your arm can be a little bit stiff and sore. Uh, you donate for, say, five to ten minutes mm. o- on average. A stem cell donation does take between three to four hours, depending on the size of the person who's getting the cells. Mm. On average, every hospital, in certainly in Australia, will have you on the, the machine for about three and a half to four hours. You'll have a person there with you the whole time to make sure that you feel comfortable. You know, it's mm. a precious gift that you're giving. We want to make sure that we maximise what we do. And I can promise uh, the people that are listening that you know, all of my colleagues in other hospitals, we, you know, we take this as a, so it's a real thrill to be able to collect for somebody and to know that somebody's going to give their cells and try and help somebody else. You know, it's, it's the technology, as you say, mm. apheresis is interesting, but the benefit of these marrow donations is you never get too far away from love. We we have all the technology in the world, but we still need people to... to, You need the volunteers. You need a volunteer to come. You need need to stand up and say, I I want to help somebody else. And there's so much of that that happens. We don't hear about it enough that there are people that are willing to do this. You know, That's a beautiful way to think about it. It's like a gift of life. And people, yes, they can donate to their siblings, but some people donate to complete strangers in other countries. Yes. Yeah, the, the Australian Bone Marrow Donor Institute, uh, yeah. so ABMDR, they, they are a magnificent service. And yeah. to, to work with people, you know, the, the donors that come in and uh, they're not going to know who this person is. They just know that somebody somewhere in the world is in trouble and they need a, a chance and that person's willing to say, hey, I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. It's, mm. a, it's a beautiful thing to be part of. Very special. You make me want to be an apheresis nurse. That I want everyone to be an, Yeah, I want everyone <laughs> to be an apheresis nurse. It's, it's a fantastic feeling. Just thinking in my head, people who donate blood don't have, you know, preparations and needles in there. They just go in ahead and donate. They need a couple of days to recover after it, I suppose, you know, with blood taking off them. Does it take shorter for people who are donating you know, stem cells to recover, given that, we, you know, we've given them some prep to, to collect the excess or extra cells? It does take time to recover. The, the hormone boosters, when we give those to you, it can make you feel like you've got a, a bit of a head cold. So you feel achy and, and quite stiff and sore sometimes. It can take you know one to two days for your your feelings to go back to normal. You can you know find that when you get up, it's quite stiff and sore as you're moving around. We would always suggest to people to take at least two days off work, and mm. we would definitely be calling those donors of ours and saying, "How how are you going? Uh, do you need more time? It's a beautiful gift you're giving, but you you will need." You know, at least two days to make sure that you're feeling good again, staying hydrated while you're post-donation. So when you're donating blood, we encourage you to take you know three big glasses of water before you donate. Make sure you're eating something a little bit savoury. 
post-apheresis when you've donated cells. We like to make sure that our donors are drinking plenty of fluids so that they're getting rid of all the, all the extra white cells because the immune system's still there. We've just taken a little bit off the top. Mm-hmm. You're now hugely boosted up. Uh, your white cell count goes from a range of about five uh, all the way up to you know, 20, 30, sometimes 40 uh, on the blood tests. So you need that to go back to normal. It takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Ming. So it's general achy, head coldy-like symptoms. Are there any other symptoms that people might feel? What other side effects? Apheresis has a couple of unique side effects and the, probably the one that people experience that's not a critical problem for us but it's something that is noticeable is the, the medicine that we use to make sure the blood stays liquid which is called citrate. Mm. People can sometimes find that they feel a little bit woozy sometimes with the citrate. Uh, very similar to plasma donors. Uh, it passes very, very, very quickly, about 15 minutes, and that experience is gone. But we need to make sure that people feel comfortable. And we, yep. like I said, we have somebody in the room with you, communicating with you, making sure that you, you know, you're telling us how you're feeling. And we adjust our machines to make sure that you're you know, as comfortable as you can be for that three-and-a-half-hour period of time. Actually, now you say that, I, it reminds me, I donated white blood cells, part of the immune system, once about a year ago and I had that feeling of the lightheadedness, tingly fingers from the citrate, but it passed within 10 minutes and I've had felt absolutely fine ever since. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just while you're with us. Some places will give you a calcium tablet, so like a chewy calcium, like a quickies yeah. kind of tablet. Uh, other places might give you a calcium booster through the veins yep. uh, on the opposite end. So we, we take out of your let's say your right arm, we add the citrate and then on your left arm, we would make sure that we give you the calcium back because to do apheresis for a a stem cell collection, so a marrow collection, we need to put needles in one arm and then in the other arm, Mm. we'd have to put another needle. So you need to take blood out of one side, give it back through the other. Like a big circuit. It's a very big circuit and that's where the spinning comes in. So you've got your, your donation arm and we're taking blood out of that and it goes into the apheresis machine, which is spinning around, mm. and then everything else goes back through the other arm and any medicines that we need to provide to you to make you feel comfortable, we would put through that other arm. The machines that we have in Australia, so there's Fresenius Carby, there's uh, Optias, uh, we have a couple of hemonetics machines, they're generally about 250 mils of blood in the average circuit. So uh. It's not, not a big circuit that people... So anybody of any size can donate... Mm. We just make sure that we do our calculations before we start. But every machine in Australia at the moment can very, very safely donate marrow, 100%. Mm. Sounds like the blood and the cells have done some time travelling through the um, apheresis <laughs> machine, <laughs> through, uh, you know, speed the, um, the, the gravity. Yeah, yeah, speeding yeah, bit gravity. Of, bit of Doctor Who. Yeah, that does make yeah. it sound very scientific. Yeah, like well, sci-fi. they are forward-thinking, they are yeah. forward-thinking. Is this a new procedure or is it being like this feels like cutting edge medicine or has it been around for a while? So the way we do it is cutting edge, mm. but I believe uh, James Ibister in Sydney, uh, I think it was might have been 1987 thereabouts, might have been the, the first transplant in, in Australia anyway. Mm. But it, it's been around for many, many, many years. Yeah. In the 90s when this hormone booster became available, that's really when everything took off because we could suddenly extract cells without having to take people to theatre to get their bone marrow. 
this has made it safer, it's made it easier, and from the donor's perspective, it is the best way to donate. And obviously, we want the least downtime for the people who are willing to do this. Mm. Donors are so precious. We need to make sure that we can get this valuable resource out of them in the least harm possible, and that that revolutionised the way that we, we collect cells. Mm. So can anyone donate to anyone if, you're, if it was your family member that got unwell? So more often than not, yes, we do make sure that we, we talk to donors and we get a doctor to do a medical assessment of people and we'll make sure that if it was in-house in a hospital, it would generally be a third-party doctor that would talk to a donor. So if the patient had a, a doctor, the person that was overseeing the donor would be a different doctor just yep. so that there's no bias. Uh, no conflict sure. of interest We don't want a conflict of interest. Yep. So anyone can donate, but we need to always double-check that the person's not going to be put in harm's way to donate. Yep. And any exclusion criteria would be very similar to donating at the Red Cross. So like I said, if you can donate blood, that's the first step. If you don't know who the person is that you're donating for, it's not a friend or family who's unfortunately going through this, mm. this difficult process, sign up to donate blood. And while you're there, please ask to, to join the registry. And if you can donate blood, then you can do apheresis and that could be either stem cell donation, plasma donation. You know, red cells are also you know, amazing gifts. But yeah. you know, the volunteer stuff, we would really encourage people to first donate blood to make sure they feel comfortable with the process. And yep. the guys at the Red Cross are amazing. Because mm. I kind of think of it as you're not just donating you know, a new bone marrow. You're donating this new immune system. So in a way, it's two transplants in one when they donate Yes, well, mm. that, that's the benefit of the GCSF. So the peripheral donations, what you get is a whole heap of T cells, which is conversation yep. of its own, but that helps the marrow cells engraft in the person. So we get a really powerful graft that's quick to knit in. And as I said, we, we have three main sources, cord blood, marrow itself, and these peripheral cells. Yep. Cord blood, uh, there's not a lot of it. It takes a very long time to work. Marrow cells are somewhere in the middle, but certainly for speed and efficiency, mm. you cannot beat the peripheral cells that have been stimulated by uh, the GCSF injections. Yep. I wonder, volunteers who donate to strangers, beautiful, mm. but what about when you're donating to a sibling? I think it could be really beautiful to be able to provide or, or, you know, or a mother or a child or a father, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is what are the pressures? I feel like there's some unique pressures when you do this for family. Do, you, do the patients talk about this when they're donating with you? Donors who, who know their recipient, mm. there is always pressure. Perhaps it might not be spoken pressure. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, everybody wants to donate. Even if they're nervous, people yeah. sign up to donate. And then once they're a positive match, obviously people sometimes feel that they've been pressured into doing something. Mm. Uh, that only happens until they actually meet the service. Yep. The work of bone marrow coordinating is very rigorous. We, mm. we need to make sure that the people that are doing the donor screening 
are highly experienced and all of the bone marrow donors that I've worked with are exceptional clinicians. Yep. And they will always make sure that they are probing in the kindest way possible to check how the donor is feeling emotionally about what they're doing. Yes, they're stressed, yeah. but what are the pressures that are put on them? And we need that donor to understand that their cells are perfect and that's why they've been chosen. Mm. We need to make sure that the experience and the gift that they're then able to give is also as perfect as their cells are. Yeah. So we talk to people, we, we make sure that we employ as many broad-ranging professionals as we can so that that donor feels safe and doesn't feel that they've been somewhat railroaded yep. to donating. But it, it, is, it is always a concern for everybody yeah. that you, you don't have a choice. Mm. But we make sure that you do. From speaking to some donors in the past, that sometimes they can get quite worried that, about if something goes wrong and incorrectly reflect on if, if that was their fault, if their cells caused a complication down the track. Mm. And I guess it's just really important, I think, to say that this has nothing to do with the donation of the cells, whatever it may be, be mm. it graft-versus-host disease or relapse. Mm. It has nothing to do with the quality of the donating of the donation of the cells. Yes, cells cells don't have a particular uh, opinion about what they're doing. They just do their job, and we make sure that we don't stop diaphoresis until we have an adequate amount of cells. Mm. And that is sort of the key in making sure that we have that third party doctor, yeah. you know, prescribing a realistic target for the donor and a realistic target that then can meet the recipient's requirements. Anytime that something becomes difficult, we struggle to, to find a path forward. Yep. And as a service and as just a collective group of people, we need to work together and keep our communication open. And the, and the key to a good donation experience when things have gone poorly is to make sure that we never stop communicating. It can be difficult. Yeah. Our emotions can be high as, you know, people can be frightened, people can be angry. What we need to do is say, you know, we're here, we started something. Mm. We need to continue to do this job. Everybody needs to be advocated for. Yeah. But it's never, it's never easy when somebody that you love is doing poorly mm. and you know that you gave the cells... And the guilt, which is perhaps self-applied, you know, mm. uh, it, it needs to be discussed rather than ignored because, you know, from a cellular point of view, that's, that's not the case. But emotionally, we need to make sure we never ignore, you know, talking about our feelings and the way we're going moving forward. Hmm. Thank you, Aaron. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> little bit off track here can you collect more than you need when you collect these cells say you needed to get five million mm. is it common to go over or under what what happens next it's always wonderful to collect more than you need i think any scientist who works in the bone marrow service would feel otherwise listening to what we're talking about because <laughs> um, it's an awful lot of work for them to to do but yes you can always get more the age of the person who's donating cells, uh, how robust their marrow's been is different from person to person. You can be a very, very healthy individual. You can be, we'll, we'll just say, a very average mm. uh, person like myself. 
your cells are what they are. And if we collect just enough, we collect just enough. If we manage to do something spectacular, then we will not waste those cells. Yep. Those cells are kept and we make sure that we've got them as a plan B. Mm. As an apheresis nurse, if I think that I can have you on a machine and collect the extra without causing you any any harm or any extra time, yep. we would always try and collect the extra to save you from coming back. Yeah, and then they just deep freeze them is that right we cry preserve the cells and that also sounds like a science fiction yes yeah that is that's also very doctor who we freeze them in a way that we have smaller increments to give so let's just say we'll we'll just use basic numbers we we save one we save two we save three we save four yeah and then if something is uh, awry and the graft isn't holding as, as well as we want then the physician who is looking after the the recipient so that transplant physician, they would ask for some of those cells to be used mm. to help strengthen the graft, and that's always there as an option. When we collect those cells, uh, which are called donor lymphocyte cells, when we collect those individually, we obviously bring donors in and we don't use those boosters because you don't yep. need them. But if we can get it while we're, while we're there, mm. uh, obviously that's the best way forward for you know, using the donor efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. Can we use the collected cells for a different recipient legally? No. So if the donor has requested to do the job and we've asked them very kindly to do the job, they will sign a consent form and the consent form is is binding. If in that consent form the donor has allowed the organisation that they're donating for to use a particular amount of the cells for research, that's been approved by Research Ethics Committee, mm. then, then that's fine. But no, you can only use the cells for the purpose in which they were collected. And doesn't matter how much excessive were collected? No, unless, the, unless they have signed a consent form stipulating in writing before the donation that they can use the cells for a particular reason, that's what it's for. There's, you, know, you have to just, you know, the donation's too important. And the gift is too important. Mm. It can only be used for what the donor has stipulated that it can be used for. And they can keep them for years, can't they, in this deep deep freeze cryo lab? Yes, if you were to speak to some of our, uh, our colleagues in transplant, you would find that we've given cells that are you know, decades old and uh, they, they work beautifully. This is in the autologous setting as yep. well. Uh, they can certainly survive in the deep freeze. So it's minus 195 down wow. there so it's, it's a bit fresh yeah and uh those cells will go on and they'll work and they'll do a you know, do an amazing job mm. uh many 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 years after you know, being put to sleep what would you say to people who were listening that were going to go donate stem cells the donation is the beginning stem cell donations where blood comes from it's the start of a new leaf of life, hopefully, for the person who's getting them. And it's a, it's a new way for you to you know, revitalise your, your love of who we are and what we do. We've only got one another. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're here and you know, th- this pandemic at the moment has highlighted that we are who we are and we're, we're fragile and we need mm. to look after one another. And when we work together, we can do amazing things. 
if you're donating stem cells, if you're helping somebody come into hospital, if you're supporting somebody through chemotherapy, if you're going and spending time with a loved one in mm. uh, you know, a care facility, it's about being together and making sure that we're all counted. The, the news has got bad things in it every day, but there's more good than bad. We just don't report it. Get mm. out, donate. It feels amazing. You know, the people that look after you will look after you really, really well. The guys in Sydney are amazing. The guys in Brisbane are amazing. Yep. Adelaide's a fantastic service. Uh, rural services like Geelong are amazing services. You know, the, the yep. Alfred, uh, you know, here in Melbourne, mm. you know, the Austin, you know, uh, the Royal Melbourne. Everybody that works in the service only wants to do the right thing and move people forward and, and solve these problems. So mm. please, you know, be a part of the, the solution and... While we're here, we look after one another and we move forward. That's a very long winded <laughs> I liked it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all your colleagues. Thank you for making these transplants possible. And thank you for joining us on our episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Alex. Me. Thanks for listening and hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. If you have any queries for the Straight and Married team or suggestions for future shows, please email us at straightandandmarrow at gmail.com. Although our team are experienced healthcare providers, we are unable to give individual medical advice. If you have a medical query, please speak to your treating team. See you next time at the Straight and Marrow and don't forget to subscribe to receive podcast updates.